Hello, and welcome again to Making Risk Flow. This is a podcast that reveals everything you need to know about digitizing risk in commercial insurance. I am Juan de Castro, and in each episode, we will walk you through how to make it work in your organization. Today, I'm joined by Lynn Comerford from Markel. Lynn, I'm super excited to have you join me today. Perhaps you can start with sharing a bit more about your background. Of course. Hi, Juan. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Um, so I'm the Director of Operations for the retail business of Markel International. So this means my remit covers uh, commercial insurance in the UK, Canada and Europe. Um, in my role, I work at the intersection of business and technology. And my goal is to drive process improvement and deploy technology and data insights in our business to help drive growth. Oh, that, that sounds like a, quite a broad uh, role, but uh, quite exciting. So, so what are your strategic priorities at, in, in that intersection of using kind of technology to drive operational efficiency? Give us a... Sure, definitely. So, so there's a few um, uh, strategic priorities. I think it's useful just to take a step back and I'll just give you a bit of like a brief overview of uh, Markel's growth ambitions. So, um, so Markel, it's a, it's a Fortune 500 company that's headquartered in the US and we have ambitious growth targets to double the size of the business by 2025. Mm -hmm. So this is particularly exciting from an operational perspective and it does mean we need to rethink how we do things. So to answer your question, so some of our priorities are how do we, well, some of the questions we're trying to answer is how do we um, grow our premium but not grow our cost base in proportion to that premium? So how can we like enhance our scalability? And there's sort of three areas that we're looking at, like in an operational perspective. So one is um, simplifying the process and um, sort of like removing repetitive, tedious tasks. Um, secondly is then once we've improved the processes and how do we leverage technology to, um, to make it better for our employees, but so that we can deliver a superior um, experience and service to our customers. And then finally, the last point is um, then using predictive analytics. So once we've sort of, so there's three areas and they sort of build on each other um, for our strategic operational priorities. Okay, that, that, that's really useful. And I guess it's fair to assume that you've got really strong growth ambitions in the next two, three years. You've mentioned this focus on driving operational efficiencies. How, how do you see the role of operational efficiency in supporting your growth ambitions? So that's a good question. So I see it as being very important to grow our um, for our growth ambitions, because uh, operational efficiency provides like a solid foundation for us to grow on. Um, and sometimes efficiency, it can be a um, sort of like loaded term. Sometimes you think of like manufacturing production lines and you've got to get like the most um, out of like the capacity that's available. Or sometimes like in investing, you hear about like restructuring and everyone's trying to be as uh, efficient as possible by restructuring and getting rid of people. Um, when we think about operational efficiency at uh, Markel, it's not like that at all. It's really around how can we work smarter um, to get the business outcomes that we want. 
And so I think that's really important. And that's sort of like the areas that we are focused on is like, how can we work smarter and use technology to automate repetitive and tedious tasks? And I think that helps bring about operational efficiency and that then creates that foundation for, for them further growing the business. Yeah, and that, that makes total sense. And I, I assume that's at the core of your kind of main objective of how do you remove the dependency of growth and cost, right? To, to do that, you need to be able to to do more, right, with the with your existing underwriters, your, your existing operations teams, and um, by driving, I assume, by, by driving productivity, then you can start writing more business per underwriter or renewing more business per underwriter. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. So we're trying to um, think about the productivity by employee, but in terms of, say, for example, GWP per FTE is a metric. Um, but I think it's really important to think that this is not just about getting the most out of employees. It's also ensuring that they're getting the right mix of um, tasks that they're doing. So it's really about removing tedious and repetitive tasks so that employees can focus on more impactful and interesting parts of their, their job. And that in turn then should help drive that productivity gain, which can be measured by GWP per FTE. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us perhaps a bit more about the top two or three initiatives that you've got planned for uh, this year or next year in the business and give us a bit more insight into how you're going to achieve some of those objectives? Yeah, definitely. Well, I can start with one, which is, you know, sort of the the name of this podcast, like Making Risks Flow. I think that's um, one area that we've been looking at, like how do we make the risks flow? So um, what we found that some of our, so I'll just start on the new business side, actually. So what we found on like some of the new business teams is that it's very much a, a manual process on the submission. So submissions can be thought of as intake of the submission, assessment of the submission, and then routing of that submission. Um, and I think, um, Juan, I heard one of your previous podcasts and you've mentioned like that, that framework. And what we're finding that some of our, well, some of our teams, that process is, is manual. Um, some of the, the problems that you've identified with the process is some of the things that we were finding too. We have um, one person looking at the inbox, uh, making a quick assessment of those submissions and then routing them to the team. And sometimes they can become some back and forth. So as the, due to our growth ambitions, this is a, a process that we identified as something that we can look at and review in order to make it um, fit for purpose for the future as we see more submissions coming in, because obviously we want to maintain the service levels that we provide currently. And that may mean like reviewing that process. And so that's one of the key projects that we're looking at right now, which is how do we move from a manual process to something that's a little bit more digital and streamlined so that it can help the, the teams and our employees to continue delivering the service to our customers. And that's particularly in the new business area. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is actually very relevant. And I think this is also the case in, in your teams, but we see quite often that it is the most experienced underwriters who are doing that inbox traffic control activity, which on one side is 
is frustrating for them because it's probably not the most exciting activity, but also it's an opportunity cost, right, of having really senior um, managers doing that activity, right? Exactly, yeah. So if we can um, move that activity away from our senior underwriters, then yes, that's very helpful. We don't need them triaging the emails to the team. And and some of the, the reasons why is because they have all that knowledge ingrained through their experience of where the best place is to, to place or route that submission. And so obviously we want to try and codify um, that knowledge into a, a process that then can be automated so that then the senior underwriters can actually focus on writing the risk and providing the quote. So, yeah, so exactly. Um, that's what we're trying to address. So that initiative has been in flight already for a bit. Have you seen any impact? So what's been the impact of that initiative so far? Or what have been the main sources of value? So I think there's been a few sources of value. So, yeah, so because um, before all of the emails were coming in through no, uh, numerous uh, channels, we've consolidated it all into one. And then the assessment of that, those emails has then been automated. And it's been then, so then that submission can be routed to the right underwriter or it can be routed to sort of a probable decline process. So since implementing that, we've got the underwriters have more transparency on what is coming in and uh, and what all the team is working on. And the, the work that they um, pick up is then prioritized based upon um, likelihood um, of success of that submission. So with this in place, there's been a number of um, outcomes that are beneficial. Um, so first of all, the underwriters, the same team of underwriters is able to manage a higher volume of, um, of submissions. And so that's then increasing the GWP per FT that we mentioned. It also gives them transparency and it's um, transparency of what everyone's working on. Um, and then that gives better MI so they can have more informed conversations with the broker around um, if they're getting submissions and often they're coming in um, and declining, they can have more informed conversations with the broker around um, appetite, clarifying the appetite. So it's improved the transparency of the, the team. It's less firefighting. It's more of a controlled workflow now. And then also it's enabling and enhancing the engagement with the broker. This sounds like, and this is, I think you were referring earlier to this. So looking at automation and digitization from a, how do you make the life of your team better, right? And I think this is, I think this is a good example where automation is not about getting rid of people, but about how do you enable your teams to be more effective, to write more of the business you want to write? Exactly. So I think that's the, the um, because data and like automation can't make the decisions for the business. They can just facilitate the process. And that's really what we're trying to do here. And as the business is growing, um, helping that process and getting the the aspects that need decisions to the right people then is, is really valuable. Not only for our employees, makes their lives easier, but then also for the customer because it's then the service to the to the customer. Very exciting. I mean, yeah, these opportunities, as you said, is very aligned to this concept of making risks flow, right? And and so very relevant. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned this was one of the uh, top initiatives. Perhaps you can talk about another one. 
Yeah, so definitely. So we're also looking at, um, so so I mentioned at the beginning, there were three areas like um, process simplification and removing some tedious tasks and leveraging technology and um, applying predictive analytics. So on the second area, so lever- so the, I've just covered the first bit. So on the second one, leveraging technology, there we're looking at how can we improve um, the interfaces between applications, so so APIs, so that they can talk uh, to each other. And so we're looking at um, opportunities and projects in that area, which is how can we get our pricing or um, questionnaires to brokers to help facilitate that engagement with the broker. So that's um, another key project that we're, we're, we're starting to pilot. And is that, is that um, I know, for example, you guys use like um, pre-quote PDFs in your German business. Is this the type of activity or the type of initiative you're thinking about? It's sort of leveraging some of that, but not quite. It's a little bit different. It's where actually we don't have the pre-quote um, model in place, which is basically a predefined um, question set that a broker can can um, populate and you'll get the premium at the end of a, a structured PDF. What we're trying to do here is actually feed that information direct to a broker um, and, the, and the question sets to the broker. So it's a little bit different, but it, it would drive the same outcomes as a pre-quote model. Okay, understood. Okay, and then on the and you mentioned the the third area about predictive analytics. Yep, very 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 topical theme. Yeah, and actually, so some of the predictive analytics is you kind of need to have some of those um, you know objectives one and two in place before you can start building predictive analytics because. Um, it's bringing like the teams and underwriters uh, on the journey. And if you like go in too fast with advanced technology, it can be a bit too much of a change. Mm. Um, so actually the predictive analytics is then on that first area I was talking to you about on the submissions and how we are, are looking at opportunities to, uh, to automate and manage the workflow. There are f- factors in that piece where we are then prioritizing that submission on what the underwriter then should pick up as work, the, the highest priority work. And so then once that once that process is in place, the idea of predictive analytics is to feed outcomes into the process and then uh, update and through a feedback loop, um, update the, the, the factors that are prioritizing the submissions. So that is an area then that we're looking at on the, the predictive analytics piece is around submissions, but it's also um, in, in broader in other areas, sort of in loss expectation. So when we see claims coming in, how does that then inform, you know, future business that we want to take because we've got like loss expectations. So there's a few areas in predictive analytics, which is which is very interesting and exciting too. Oh, that's fantastic. And you mentioned one of the things that we, and we see this quite often is is how do you deploy these quite innovative technologies or new processes in a, way, in a way that is embraced by kind of the the underwriters or whoever is kind of impacting? So, what have you seen works well in terms of change management to like get your teams on board with this new new way of working? So that's a really good question and a good thing to think about. 
And I think um, as we've been trying to implement the new technologies, I think you have to have a, a very pragmatic approach to how you do it. So there's a lot of new technologies out there. There's a lot of old technologies out there that we are, we're trying to implement. And so it's understanding what the key pain point is for the team and then starting to drive change by addressing the initial pain points and then building on it. And it's um, and that to me has been um, has been really helpful to have the phased approach to uh, embedding and bringing underwriters on that journey. Yeah, and yeah, totally. And I think that that resonates really well, which is that combination of showing value early on to the users of the platform or the process, and avoiding big banks. Yes. Right? which is like, because big banks tend to scare everybody, right? From the executives all the way to the to the um, individual contributor. So, and, and, and those two things go hand in hand, right? Is how can you show incremental value over time in a way that the user feels in control, understands what's changing and kind of comes on board in the change program, right? Exactly, yeah, I think that's, it's really important. It's almost when you're talking there, I was thinking like, it's modularizing almost uh, the project into discrete pieces that will deliver an outcome and then building on that. And and also often what we were finding, particularly when we were looking at the submission process, is that once you've got the team involved in that first phase or that first module, um, often they then have really good input and uh, insights and, and they see the opportunities then to build on. And so then I think then you can then it, almost like a snowball effect, you can start driving uh, and they're getting the um, you're getting ideas from the team themselves as well. But, yeah, what you were saying, like really like the discrete and key deliverables that fate along the journey. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, at the end, it's all about making the users the advocate of the change. Right. If you're really driving change, this in the best benefit of the users, they should be the advocates of like providing feedback input to the process and 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 driving the process themselves. And I think that is probably that is from from my perspective that is the key driver of a successful um, uh, transformation. This has been extremely extremely insightful and really helpful to understand, um, especially how you're thinking about. Kind of achieving your growth ambitions in by driving those three areas of of transformation sounds like you've you've got a fantastic plan uh, and yeah thank you so much for joining me Lynn uh, it's been a pleasure having you thank you thanks very much thank you and everybody else I'll see you in the next episode of making risk flow.